Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is Nailing the Apex. I'm Tim Haraney. It's the Brazil Grand Prix lead-up. Not much to talk about today on this one, but do want to focus on the battle between Lewis Hamilton and Sergio Perez for P2 in the championship. Now, this is a close one, and Hamilton has actually been closing in on Perez over the last few races. I mean, if you remove the disqualification from the U.S. Grand Prix, then they probably, math is correct, they would be even on points. So they would both be tied uh, for the Drivers' Championship P2. At the moment, Hamilton, 20 points behind Sergio Perez in the Drivers' Championships so of Lewis in P3, Sergio again in P2. And coming into a, a race weekend here where the Mercedes was actually very competitive at uh, last season at the Brazil uh, Grand Prix with George Russell coming away with some pretty big results in the win, uh, where Max Verstappen actually uh, didn't move over to let his teammate get by in Sergio Perez so he could try and gain some more points on Charles Leclerc in the driver's standings uh, that season. Red Bull Racing has been trying to finish 1-2 in the uh, Drivers' Championship uh, for a very long time now. They've never done it in the history of the team. And so this is, I think, for them in a season like this with a car that's this dominant, it's extremely important for them to to finish 1-2 uh, considering the car that they had now. Max Verstappen was asked about this during media day on Thursday. And he shot back with a few things saying that, you know, it shouldn't always, you know, be on himself, you know, to get the points for the team, which is true. He makes a, makes a pretty good point in that regards. I mean, he, I mean, if Sergio wasn't, even driving this year, no one was driving the second car. More than likely, Verstappen would have won the championship. He probably would have won the Constructors' Championship for them uh, as well. And so when you look at you know the next few races coming up, extremely important for them to get Sergio Perez uh, confident in the car and so he can start eking out some better results. But Verstappen was confident in his teammates, saying... You know that he 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 was confident in Checo um, that he could stay ahead because on on average they have the better car or the the faster car I believe is what he had said um, and you know what 
he's not wrong. So does that put more pressure on Sergio Perez? I mean, yeah, for, for sure. I think it does. But looking at his qualifying pace from Mexico Grand Prix and, and then again, looking at, you know, the body of work he put together at the U.S. Grand Prix coming into that race, he had been working, uh, fairly hard in the simulator. And that's something I talked about on the, on the show, um, uh, quite a few times before in the past. And so for Sergio, it's, it's extremely important for him to get off on the right foot in, in these weekends. And I think for him, it's the confidence thing. I think if he's able to build that confidence throughout the weekend, then you can kind of get those results. The issue with this particular weekend, obviously, it's a sprint race weekend. So for the driver, not a lot of time to build that confidence because you only have that one free practice, one sec- session. And, you know, granted, you know, Red Bull Racing, they will know how to optimize their car as best as possible. I think for Sergio though, the directions that he's going in with setup is much different than what Max does with his car setup. And so for Sergio, it's using that time wisely to get the car coming closer to him. Uh, so he can at least be competitive in these qualifying sessions that will set him up for, a better race as well. And that is something that he did talk about um, at the, at uh, Mexico Grand Prix, you know, is trying to basically get the setup where he feels confident and it's not so much doing the same as what uh, Verstappen is doing um, with his car, because they're two totally different driving styles at the end of the day. And with this particular car, it kind of seems to really like a, pointy front end and that's something that max really likes has a really you know loose light rear end where you know sergio per you know sergio perez really likes to have a lot of understeer not a lot of understeer but likes to have some understeer into the car i mean if you look at a lot of the street circuits where sergio is competitive a lot of 90 degree corners as well which can induce understeer in a race car as well and for Max, I, that's not something that he really feels comfortable with. He is able to squeak out some good results like we have seen. I mean, if you go back to all the way to 2022 at the beginning of the season, the car not really suiting him, more along the lines suiting Sergio. And again, at the beginning of this season, car kind of really suiting more Sergio. He was able to, you know, get a little more out of the car where you know, when it came down to the tires and learning the tire and figuring the tire out, Max was able to unlock what he needed to in terms of that driver setup for the race car. But on top of all of that, he was able to unlock another level of performance from the car plus himself at the same time. And so, I mean, for, for Sergio going back and working in the simulator, I mean, very important for him to get those sessions uh, under his belt. But for the rest of this weekend could be interesting. Uh, I'm interested to see what Mercedes can do. I mean, again, when they brought that new floor to the car, brought it to the U S Grand Prix. um, I mean, again, obviously they got disqualified, but you know, that being said does look like they've clawed back quite a bit of a performance to, to Red Bull and to, to Max Verstappen, especially in qualifying. They look really strong uh, at the U S GP, not as much in, in Mexico, but then once the race, once the race started, that car really, you know, came to life for their drivers 
as well. On the show today, we've got Daniel Ricardo, and I sat down uh, to do this interview with Daniel on the Thursday leading into the uh, Mexico Grand Prix. It was actually an interview that I was going to do in Vegas. Uh, Alpha Tauri uh, was nice enough to actually move it up. And so I had received uh, some messages from them asking if we could do it on the Thursday in Mexico. And yeah, for sure, we were able to to lock that in. It was a great chat that uh, we had talked about, you know, a lot of stuff, his hand, um, you know, what did he do while he was injured? Uh, we talked about the Buffalo Bills, talked about uh, his uh, relationship, friendship with Josh Allen, uh, the quarterback for the Buffalo Bills, um, and talked about some racing as well. So it was a, it was a great interview. I had a lot of fun doing it. Uh, big thanks to Alpha Towery for putting that together uh, for us. Really appreciate it. And yeah, appreciate Daniel Ricardo's time as well. Hope you enjoy it. Daniel, thanks very much for taking the time to do this. Really appreciate uh, you doing this for us. Um, how you been? I've been all right. Um, I mean, I've been well, it depends. If we're talking over the course of the last couple months, uh, I've been, you know, recovering, I guess. <laughs> um, but in the space of the last few days yeah i've been good um just back racing so i'm happy i'm really happy actually so how, how was your you know how was your recovery you know you ended i think you ended up seeing the same doctors as lance did right yeah 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 so that was um i mean it, it was good it it took longer than we like kind of hoped or thought because uh yeah, they say like the wrist the wrist is worse than the hand to break. There's a lot more going on. So when we when they saw it was just a broken hand, they were like, okay, like surgery and we should be okay. But yeah, once we got to Spain and they took some more scans, he's like, okay, the break is complex. It's quite a bad one, uh, spiral fracture or whatever it's called. I don't know. So basically the steering wheel got me real good. Yeah. And um, it made me feel a bit better hearing that because I was in a lot of pain and I was like, man, this shouldn't hurt this much. Yeah. So it made me feel a little better about being a wuss. Um, and then it just took time. So, so yeah, I'm certainly, I'm certainly no MotoGP rider either. Wow. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know how they, they are not human. Yeah, like, those guys go through some serious injuries though, right? They're not human. It's <laughs> no. not possible. No. It's, really, it's really not. I think uh, Mark Marquez has had a couple uh, really good ones. Um, we have some fan questions I'm going to mix in with our chat here. At Fiona asks, uh, best or worst thing about being forced to take a break because of the injury so what's the oh. best and what's the worst the best sleeping <laughs> yeah i don't know but i mean you're sleeping in pain like it oh yeah okay. it hurts like hell because i never had surgery so i i thought maybe oh once they've done the surgery maybe like the pain will be a lot less nah still sucked so the um honestly there wasn't much good it was just i mean the, the best thing is each day there is progress so Every day that passes, you know, you're like one step closer to being better. Um, but yeah, the worst thing was, it was, yeah, like missing the racing, but missing also the training. Like I'd, I'd spent my whole summer break training. I took like one day off and I was just in, honestly, what felt at least for me, a little bit of a beast mode and I was just loving it and going hard and just, yeah, enjoying all of it. So when I was, um, when I, obviously had to then miss a lot of days 
training that uh, it was hard not to feel like it was a setback. I didn't allow it to feel like a setback, but yeah, that was where I was like, I felt like I'd got big and strong and uh, some of that slowly went away. Well, you'll, you'll build it back, I'll get up. back up. You'll get back there, you'll get back there. Right? <laughs> uh, I saw you were at the Bills game in the UK. Yeah. Uh, how do you think the Bills are gonna do this year? Oh man, <laughs> firstly, I, I don't know if the Bills Mafia like me so much because my record what? of live games is uh, 0-2 at the moment. Well, okay, so every so. time you're there, they're always losing. <laughs> but I'm not superstitious. And if you are, deal with it, all right? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, it's tough, you know, because it's on paper, they're awesome. And they have, you know, like their game against the Dolphins was, that's, that's as good as it gets, you know. It was, at least from my understanding, that was pretty awesome. So they can do it, but they have obviously, you know, they're not the only team, but they've obviously gone through the injury uh, scenario. A lot of a lot of big names have uh, unfortunately got uh, got hit with injuries. And look, they still have a good enough roster, I believe, to go very far. Um, I mean, I don't know when this is going to air, but they've got the Buccaneers in about two and a half hours. <laughs> so at home. So another win that'll set them up at what five and three, yep. I think, and uh, we'll be right. So if they get to the Super Bowl, are you gonna go? Yeah. yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. You're all in two. Yeah, yeah. So you're still gonna, you're well, still gonna go? As I said, <laughs> f superstitions. The others can be superstitious. <laughs> I ain't. I ain't about it. I ain't missing it. Um, and let's be real, they ain't losing because I'm there. No. Come on, guys. No. Okay. Harden up. So how I'll, I'll be there. I'll be at a Legion if they uh, if they make it. How did you and Josh Allen become uh, mates? I think it was love at first sight. <laughs> <laughs> so it was kind of a combination of many things. You know, he, he was getting into F1. We met and I was getting into NFL. So it was kind of, we were both discovering. I mean, we obviously knew about each other's yeah. sports, but like really getting into them at the same time. So um, kind of just chatting to him a bit about it. I, I love sports. Like I love spending time with other athletes because I just, I love hearing, you know, what, what it's all about. Um, and then his agent and my agent are pretty much best friends. So there was just like this whole little circle that was close. And then um, he's also just, yeah, we just kind of, we're in many ways very similar. I think we're both just, we just love what we do. We're for the most part, pretty easy going. So yeah, we just kind of got on really easily. And um, it's kind of nice talking to someone from a very different sport. For sure. About sport. Yeah. And, it's funny how much you can relate to. Yeah, both competitors. Yeah. Right? Like so you It's cool. Yeah, I like yeah, like you know. I love picking his brain. Um and uh it's cool. I yeah, yeah I I he's a big cutie. I adore him. <laughs> <laughs> uh talk about some racing a bit and then we'll move on and do some other stuff, but um the package looks like it's getting closer to battling for like P10 points. Uh do you, you know being out of the car since Zandvoort and then coming Pretty back much in forever. Yeah, yeah, but, but but like you know, the car has gone through a bit of a you know change or iteration. Does it feel different when you get back in, or is it easy for you to get back up to speed? It was actually it felt relatively easy getting up to speed in terms of I don't I don't want to say easy in a in a like cocky way, but you know like FP one in Austin, you know like my first lap, I was on pace with like the cars around me, you know like the teams were fighting, the Haases and the Alphas and that so. Yeah, I, it didn't take me long to really shake off the cobwebs. And I think that's been, a you know, even when I drove the car the very first time in Budapest, you know, the first lap I did, I felt quite comfortable in it. So in terms of the car itself and the feeling and the feedback I get from it, I'm actually 
yeah, pretty pretty in tune with it. It's now just, you know, we make updates and, and progress, but, mm. you know, a lot of other teams yeah. do so uh, as well. So it's like, it's all relative. The car does feel a bit better, but it's only as good as the position says. So we're, we're still trying to crack a few more Q3s. All right, this question's a good question. Uh, and I think this person's going to end up taking my job one day, but at uh, Taylor Ray asks, all in caps, welcome back, Danny Rick. What there a two, baby. Uh, the USGP was a little bit rough, but it was great seeing you back in the car. What did you learn in Austin that you can take into Mexico this weekend? It, it was, it was a shame because it, on paper, it was like it looked rough, you yeah. know. And I think especially Sunday. But you had to pace like all weekend, though. Actually, you you had pretty good pace all weekend. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like it's, it's easy to kind of look at the Sunday result and be like, yeah. oh, he was nowhere. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, we had a failure on the car about three laps after the pit stop. So pretty much from lap, what, 27 or something, we were honestly out of the race. We lost so much downforce from, from the hit, issue. Did hit something with the gun or? No, it was um, it was actually just a, just a failure. A, a part broke and uh, we thought it was maybe contact during the race with Stroll or something, but it wasn't. So that like, we were actually doing all right up until that point. I think our strategy maybe wasn't great, but in terms of like our pace and that was good. And yeah, Friday, I was a bit off the pace in qualifying, but then the Saturday qualifying, I found that and then, you know, put the car P11. So we were, it was all, all honestly going pretty yeah. well for like my first weekend back, yeah. but Sunday, how it ended, it just made me like, I yeah. just wish, wish the race could have been better. And we just obviously got a bit unlucky, but it is what it is. There's also things I would have loved to have, yeah, done a bit better, but there's, I put my hand up and saying there was maybe a little bit of race rust and, uh, it's all gone now. I'm I'm polished. I'm clean. I was gonna say, hey, you, you look good. pretty. I was there. You look you look pretty good. You look pretty <laughs> okay, good. Okay, but I, you know, like you're <laughs> pretty good, Dr. I have high standards. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I get that. Uh, how difficult is it with these uh, the, the sprint weekends? You know, you only get what that one FP one session, so you're only getting like 60 minutes to really optimize the car, and then you got to go straight into qualifying. Like, it is. Yeah. It, would you guys want more like free practice sessions before getting into that quality for these sprint weekends? It's really with my, let's say, inexperience with this car, it's really car setup, which a sprint weekend definitely hurts, yeah. you know, because, yeah, you get 60 minutes and say Austin for me was just kind of, yeah, getting back up to speed. And then I knew I wanted to make some changes and we did for qualifying, but you're never going to make massive changes because, right. yeah, you don't want to lose yourself and that's it. You fix them for the weekend. So I don't mind the sprint weekend in terms of, 60 minutes and then going into quali like i like the pressure that puts on us so from a driving point of view i don't mind it but from optimizing the setup and then obviously getting a car that i really feel like i'm 100 happy with that's where the sprint hurts and i would love that we could change a car on saturday especially saturday is its own day yeah they should open a park for may up yeah. for saturday at least some some things so i think there's some maybe some rules they could become a bit more flexible on but it's really car set up, which the sprint hurts us with, you know, unless you're say Max at the moment, who's so in tune with the car and knows everything and obviously knows the team so well, you can probably still get into quality with a good setup. But for us, it's a, it's a bit more hit and miss. Um, this one's from Sarah Flan and she asks, it's about the Red Bull program actually that you were a part of. Uh, she says it's, it's such a robust junior program within Red Bull that identified and nurtured so many drivers such as yourself. Um, F1 and beyond, are there any tips you got while in the Red Bull program that you still carry through to today? Yeah, <laughs> I want to say tough love. 
tough love. I Isn't think that it like was, racing in general, though? Yeah, but it was good for me. And I, I even, you know, it's funny. Like, I'm probably a bit like that. I have a nephew and a niece, and I feel like I give them a bit of tough love as well. So it's just, I was, I was very, like, happy-go-lucky, you know, growing up. And, yeah, I was... I felt like I was always competitive, but I kind of needed someone at times to like kick me up the butt and just yeah. get that little bit of like dog out of me and that little bit of fire. Um, and for me, like the Red Bull program really kind of nurtured that well, or however you say, like it, it, it found a way to get it out of me. And yeah, you have some tough conversations and sometimes, you know, the picking up a phone call from, from Helmut Marco is uh, not always pleasant, but kind of made me realize how important it was and i think um yeah it kind of made me become a bit more of an adult right. a little sooner so probably makes i think dig, it worked well on probably me makes it dig deeper too right like you know that it, this is it's not gonna last for forever real. yeah and it's like it can Some, be taken away from you real quick so yeah exactly yeah it, it makes you appreciate yeah, it i think that's point. that's such a such a true uh let's say uh well yeah that's very true so a little bit of tough love i think doesn't doesn't go astray um, well, that's what I'll, I'll I'll leave it at that. We only have a few minutes left. I'm getting the wrap it up sign. So I'll ask you one more question from a fan. It's at Jenny Submarines, and they ask, uh, "What is your favorite racing memory of your career?" Ooh. Obviously, you have more of a career to go, but like up till yeah. now. I mean, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back pre F1 because most of those have been televised, like wins and stuff. But it's. Um, we, I came up with Valtteri, so Valtteri Bottas. We were racing each other pretty much since when I moved when I moved to Europe, and uh, there was a, a weekend in Silverstone in Formula Renault. We were what eighteen or something years old, and he was like dominating the whole weekend. And then uh, we had two races on those weekends, and race two, I kind of just like stalked him the whole race, and it was like I was so surprised to still be on his gearbox with a few laps to go, and started putting pressure on him and then basically I, I made a move on the last lap and won the race and it was a it was a race that taught me that yeah you don't necessarily have to be the quickest guy on a weekend to win a race you know you can there is such thing as pressure there is such thing as just that grit and that hunger and like it was kind of like a bit of a never give up attitude and that was really cool to pull off that win on that weekend and that was one that I enjoyed a lot so that was the 10th of June 2008 <laughs> yep i remember it well <laughs> i'm weird i'm weird with dates nothing wrong with that uh dr thanks very much for taking the time to do this really appreciate it you're very welcome cheers big thanks to alpha towery for setting all of that up again really appreciate it and thanks again to Danny ricardo for his time as well it was a lot of fun really enjoyed that uh, i've got to interview daniel quite a bit over the past uh, few years and uh interviewed him i've actually interviewed him a lot uh this particular season as well and he never disappoints always gives a great interview um uh, i sat down with uh sdpn's very own Jesse Blake and Jesse and I played video games. For me, we played Formula One uh, 2022, I believe it was. Yes, it was 2022, uh, F1 2022, and the PlayStation 5. Uh, so it, for this particular uh, race, so I've never done this before. I'm just going to cut to the straight, the, 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 I'm just going to cut to it here. I, I never uh, played uh, the F1. Uh, video game. I played 
I can't, I, I played a, a version of an F1 video game back in 2000, I think it was. So that would have been on the regular PlayStation if I'm, if I'm not, if I'm not wrong on that one. And then I played Gran Turismo. Uh, I think it was the second one. I played that one, uh, in 2000 and, one and those are the only racing games that I I've ever played. Um, I, I, so I have no idea what I was getting myself into. Uh, so so I show up at the SDPN uh, studios and I thought I was I was on the Jesse Blake uh, Sports Report. That's what I thought I was getting myself into, but I ended up getting myself into uh, uh, us playing video games. So. Really hope you enjoy it. That's going to come out on SDPN's YouTube channel on Friday, and it's Jesse versus. Here's a clip. Oh, oh, I already crashed out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I ran into the back of one of the Williams. Restarting the session. <laughs> Let's get you back in onto the track. Yeah, those uh, those uh, starts on this track. How many laps do we have of this? Five. Oh, dude, I'm not gonna make it. And so you can watch that full thing Friday morning on the SDPN YouTube channel. Uh, big thanks to Jesse for having me on. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to try and do it again when I get back from the Vegas Grand Prix, this time with a steering wheel. We're going to try and use a, a steering wheel for, for it to see if that makes a difference, which I think it will. I think you also need the pedals. I think you need the full sim to really get the most out of the F1 video game because it does actually... I don't want to say it seems realistic, but actually the car characteristics, you know, do seem like it's a, it, it could be a bit of a race car. It could feel like a bit of a race car when you're driving it on a sim, but you know, I think you, you need like that, whatever the steering wheel, the fan tech, I think is, is the big time steering wheel. I think you need that. I think you need the, the racing pedals. I think you need the seat. I think you need the seat that's got a bit of movement in it as well. So you can kind of feel you know, you can feel a bit of the of the car itself. Um, we're going to be back on uh, Sunday with a post Brazil Grand Prix. Jesse's actually going to be joining me uh, for that one. So really looking forward to that. Thanks very much, everyone, for watching and listening. Nailing the Apex. If you want more Nailing the Apex, you can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Please head on over to uh, Spotify. Give us a five star rating and a follow. Same goes with Apple Podcasts as well. Write a review. It really helps us grow the show. You can also watch past episodes of Nailing the Apex over on YouTube. And we'll talk to you all in a few days' time.